Hi, I'm Jane, and together with Jodes, we are two proud feminists passionate about female empowerment. This podcast is our take on the real conversations, real issues, and real challenges we must stay focused on if we're going to inspire the next generation of female leaders, managers, and entrepreneurs to pick up the baton and continue the journey to equality. But be warned, there will be rants and the odd profanity, but mainly just lots of curious conversations, uplifting stories, great guests, and food for thought on the path we still have to travel. It is clear that our young girls need us to harness our gumption and to use our voices now to make the changes we all know need to happen. It's time to be a pioneer, not a passenger. To paraphrase the famous words of a female game changer, Hollywood's iconic Bette Davis, fasten your seatbelts, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Okay, so welcome everybody to series four of Jane and Joe's On One, and we're all about female energy and how important it is and how it matters in this series, and we're now on episode five, and we're delighted to welcome our second guest to this series, um, a woman I've known quite some time, very inspirational, and this is a little bit about Nick, so she's the wife of a lovely man, the mother of two boys, the sister of two brothers, and for a long time has been the only female on the board of her family business Seddon who are in the construction industry um she is the only female owner still but there's a little bit of a shift in the board so it should be very interesting to find out about um so welcome Nick hi Nick. hi hi um really looking forward to hearing more about your story um so we are talking on this series about female energy and how it matters and how we um, we perform and we are happier when we're in it rather than being kind of coerced into this male energy. And so if we define that female energy, if we define it as nurturing, emotional, harmonious, compassionate and supportive, team orientated, with more of a focus on value and meaning, than task and competition, open and vulnerable, creative, happy to create space for others to grow, receptive, intuitive, and gentle, with an eye on the big picture, and the obvious one, multitasker, multithinker, and processor. Well, isn't that just all amazing? Um, because the as a woman who, who has been the only female on an all-male board for quite some time in a hugely successful business, and also in a sector that's very male-driven, um, what we're interested in, and I know our listeners will be interested in, is to how you survive this and keep your feminine energy intact. Over to you. Why am I? Good question. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Um, well, I think there's a lot to unpack in there. I think um, from my perspective, that kind of explains a little bit. I've had a little bit of a light bulb moment because it kind of explains a little bit why quite a lot of my working life at Seddon ended up in customer, yeah. people, brand, culture, well-being, and actually digital because that's people. Even though it's got technical, you know, technology, it's all around people. So I have been at my best where I have been supporting the business around the people agenda. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of explains that, that, you know, you take that energy, that's where my energy is. Yeah. And I, and, and I, I took as a, a little bit, sometimes as a criticism in the business, when they would say, if you want something done, get Nicholas to do it. And I always took that as a bit of a criticism, but actually it was probably not. It was probably, she'll just get it done, you know, yeah. because she will influence or coerce or um, sort of go round people, under people and over the top of people to get what we needed to get done. And um, so it kind of explains a little bit of, of why I those were the roles within Seddon that I sort of gravitated yep. towards or people gave me permission to go and do and make those changes with rather than anywhere else in the business. I think that was quite a natural fit for me at Seddon. And is, is that, that is that what you wanted or do you feel that you just got kind of like moved into that? Were there things that you would have liked also to have done, but you just ended up doing those things? I never had a plan. I never really expected to work in the business. I never expected to own the business. I didn't have a plan when I did go and work in the business. And I came in from a digital perspective in my early 30s, and I'm now in my 50 years. And so I didn't really have a plan. But when things, when opportunities came in front of me, and I sort of grasped them and went with them, and then asked permission later if I could get on with it. And those were the areas that 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 I tended to grab hold of. And maybe now I think back, maybe I grabbed hold of them because nobody else was. Mm -hmm. So in the business, people weren't grabbing hold of the people issues, the HR stuff, the training, the development. Um, I was already doing quite a lot of customer um, and I did that well. Um, You know, I had a good way of saying no with a smile on my face, which didn't get us into trouble. And I did a lot of customer customer-focused training and, and getting people to see it from a different perspective. So maybe I will, I get went into that space because there was space, because mm-hmm. the men in the business then uh, weren't doing it in that way. So there was space and it was easy for me to, to move into that space and people allowed me to move into that space quite easily. And has that space okay. always felt like, um, as it felt... I don't really want to use the word easy because obviously it's really hard work... As it felt in flow for you, as in, you know, it feels like it comes naturally and it's a comfortable space. It's a bit intuitive for you to work. Yeah. 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 It is intuitive. I got, I used to get a bit frustrated over the years because I think people in the business thought that was the easy role, you know, the soft skills, the people skills, you know, it costs money to look after people well. And it has only really been in the last, within the last decade that businesses have thought, actually, it costs money if you don't do it well, so we yeah. need to do it really well. Um, and I think that that frust- used to frustrate me in the beginning. And I used to get frustrated if I couldn't couldn't quite articulate why it was important and they, they didn't see it as important because it didn't have a start or an end and it, and it wasn't project management and it wasn't, you know, you couldn't really attribute it to making money or you know or getting customers in so I used to get a little you know bit frustrated with that I've experienced something similar now you've said that because my corporate career was always in learning and development I fell into it by accident never meant yeah. to kind of end up there but loved it when I was doing it um but actually you know I was always seen as a cost center yeah in the yeah. business not a profit center you know therefore you know what the work your team does is a bit of a drain on us and you know you were always the first team to get cut in that sense when when times got a little bit tough 
Uh, but yeah, yeah, we're quite often referred to as like, you know, the colouring in team or the glitter and glue team. <laughs> you know, I used to find it quite frustrating that actually. But I was I always blowing that space. Yeah, I think that has really changed. And what we're trying to do in our own space, in our own business, is to get managers to do it much better themselves. And then I don't need a full HR team and a learning and development team because they take it that they're yeah. finding it quite natural. But it is quite difficult to get to get that momentum in in that field. You know, they all know that actually looking after customers is really really important, and they all know looking after people is important. But it's really hard. That is the hardest part of any manager's job. And yeah. we still we still you know um employ people or we um uh, promote people based on their technical skill and not as a manager and not on whether they can really manage people or really understand people and yeah so they still people still need support in that space and then we've got obviously the well-being crisis uh, you know in the world and, and definitely in our industry we've done an awful lot around that and we very sadly had a suicide in 2016 and i took it upon myself and moved into that uh, area um, and did a lot of work on that. And the business allowed me to do that. And we've made some really, really good inroads and really, really have a, a, a an environment at work now where it's okay not to be okay. I, you know, I, 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 I regularly say to people, you can't, I can't mend everybody and I can't help everybody. And if someone's got problems at home, I can't, I can't sort that out, but I can make it okay for you not to be okay in work and just to be able to talk it through with other people. So we're trying to change that environment, you know, with it, because it's male, male dominated. So, you know, not males aren't that great at speaking out, but once you get them speaking, they really do share. And, and we've had some really good results with that, some amazing stories and some really good lessons learned and really helped people positively along that journey. Yeah, um, and I don't think, you know, and I'll, you know, I do take credit for that because I, I think if I hadn't, really dug in with that and really worked at it and now it's kind of got a bit more of momentum in its own and we've got leaders in the business saying we need to do more around this can we do more on that and what can we do about that so I think it's really embedded in the business so I you know I I think that is really good that we've done that so that's yeah. a good I know things like have um, changed in the last like you know the last period really about people placing a lot more value on investing in the people activities and stuff but when it wasn't so much like that you know, being in a very male energy dominated industry, as well as being surrounded by a lot of like male type activity. What was the pressure like being in those spaces to make it more male? So what I mean by that is, again, from my experience, I ended up trying to make learning and development really tangible and really focused and demonstrate massive ROI you know, and I got really passionate about that and it became like my own like um, trademark on it kind of thing that I did stuff that you could really measure. But it was all as a, 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 a as a result of feeling pressured to prove that I had value in the business in that way, because otherwise the work that I did wasn't very valued. Yeah. So I'm just intrigued, actually, what of that played out for you, if anything? Exactly the same, you know, right. probably 10 years ago, we would have had to have done that and done some really good business cases to get anything in the business yeah. and then been able to do some quantifiable uh, benchmarking once we'd done something to, to show that it actually made a difference because, you know, it, that was more different. But I think now around L&D in any businesses around the wellbeing piece, because if you've got a good manager and you've got a purpose 
and your performance is good uh, and you go over and above and you've got, you know, a really strong psychological contract with, with the business, yeah. then all things are, everything is good. And I think that comes from the well-being piece yeah, and, and linking it all together because we did an awful lot of work in the beginning of linking well-being to safety and accidents on site because that was tangible. Right. So I think we've I've always I, I am I still do tangible stuff now. We've just put in a big uh, leadership program, and I have to do you know the team had to do a bit of the business case of why it was necessary. But it's difficult to be really tangible with it to say well if you do this piece you're going to lose less leaders in the business and less middle management in the business but I think we've got that buy-in that that's really important but I think it comes from a well-being piece as well I agree yeah interesting yeah. isn't it yeah. kind of probably not in a good way but you end up taking some comfort that other people experience something similar but Absolutely. How it's moving forward now isn't it and you're definitely seeing that now yeah. in your industry yeah no well, definitely. and I think I think the change has come from having more women in construction. So we've got more managers who are women and we've got more male managers who are managing women in a team. Yeah. So from their perspective, they're going, oh, my God, that team's different. We've got different people in it. How am I supposed to manage that? And we're going, well, you kind of manage them in a way, in the same way, but understand that there is difference. So I think because we're having more difference in construction, whether it's, Gender, age, absolutely with age. Digital, definitely, is making a massive difference. You know, difference in ethnicity, sexual, all of those sort of things is making managers go, I just need to understand the law, which we're trying to put secondary because it should just be about the team, not just about what you should say, can say, because you might end up in a tribunal by putting your foot in it. It's not, that should be the last thing you're thinking of. You should just do it from a place of respect, and I think our industry has more respect in it now. You know, if I think back 15, 20 years ago, quite a lot of construction people, they wanted something done, they just shouted, and if nobody heard, they shouted very loudly, and then they threw something. You know, that was their style. And it yeah. has taken a couple of decades to remove that. And I think it's come from the well-being place. It's come from having more diversity. We've not got that much diversity, but we've got more than we had 20 years ago. And... Um, and you've got so, more feminine energy. And more feminine energy. And also mm -hmm. employing females, but wanting them to be female. I've always said there's no point in employing somebody who is female and then expecting them to behave like a bloke. Because then what's the point in having a female? Because I'm not I'm not getting that balance in the team. Yeah. I was so going I to ask you about that because, you know, generally, I mean, it, it's a, it's moving very slowly in your sector, this, isn't it? You know, getting more yeah. women it's moving very slowly. And when you are in male-coded environments and male cultures, you know, you have three choices to survive. You either go native, which means you become yeah. a man, yeah, or you get out, um, or you become a trailblazer. And yeah. so you're the trailblazer in your organisation. So do you see more use in the sector? Do you see trailblazers? Because that's what that's what the sector needs, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I and sometimes when you get women of in leadership roles, they they are very assertive, and they are they won't you know. And I think sometimes some people look at them and go, ooh. They're a bit bristly, but they probably have to be to get to where they need yeah. to be. They've yeah. got to be a bit thick skinned. I, and I have to say that, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I think you do have to be. Um, I mean, I've got bruises, 
um, and marks on my back from things that have happened over the years, mm. you know. But I don't, I, I don't get distressed over it, and I'm, and I don't. It hasn't put me off still trying to bang the drum for difference in construction and and, and especially around gender because obviously I can walk in those shoes much easier. Um, but I do think you have to be a bit thicker skinned to be in a male dominated environment. You know, if you if if, if you are, I, I don't know if I can say this on here. If you're very woke. If you're very very um if you're going to offend very very easily then then maybe we're not the place yeah. at this moment in time yeah. but yeah. maybe in a few more years it will be yeah okay. so do you yeah. notice that in the women that are coming into construction then are they the trailblazers are they women that you know do you have that conversation with them is that part of your recruitment you say look you're coming into a sector here and you've got to be on it you've got to be strong you've got some resilience because we have got some way to go and you are going to get the odd bruise and you know somebody's going to say something to you i mean necessarily not necessarily you know being aware that yeah. they're going to say that the awareness. yeah the awareness that you know 80% of your um team are going to be male mm. and they're going to be potentially of a slightly different generation as in an older generation and they might say or do something that you go, whoa, that's not what I expect. And instead of going straight to HR is have that conversation in the team first because nine times out of 10, nine and a half times out of 10, that person didn't mean to offend. They're not doing it for any reason. Mm. But where that person did, then it is a conversation to say, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. Yeah, not that's exactly. not how we do things. And yeah, I really have been in situations <laughs> where I... And, I, and the, I'll tell you a story. So and um, one of the guys, I'd, I'd overheard this conversation and they were, I'm in an office and they were in, in, in an open plan office opposite me. And this guy is 58, 62-ish, worked for us a long, long time. Funny, he's got, he had a, has a female team. And um, one of the girls went underneath the desk to go and plug in her laptop. And I heard him say, oh, while you're down there, oh. giggle, giggle, giggle. And I thought, yeah. okay. And when I looked... There were two girls in that group that were quite young. One of them was a graduate. And I thought, okay, well, I won't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna embarrass, I'll just wait. And I caught him on his own at the coffee machine later on, and I just picked up that conversation. I said, you need to be really careful that I know that, that person that was under the table laughed and has probably yeah. not taken it offensively. However, you've got a couple of young people there and they may have been, and I and I don't know. And and this particular guy went oh my god I've never thought of it like that yeah you're absolutely right you know I've got a daughter and yeah and I'm really sorry so I said that's fine maybe you speak to person that was under the table don't want to give yeah. any names away and I'll <laughs> speak to a couple of the other people so he did speak to person under the table and she came and spoke to me and I spoke to the other people because it was really important that they knew that he'd realized after I'd yeah. gone to him yeah. and I they needed to know that actually um it's okay because it, it was taken in in in, in jest, but it, it really shouldn't be even like that in jest. So I felt that that was dealt with quite well. There have been incidents incidents that I know of where someone's kind of dealt with it and probably embarrassed somebody in a group, and it's kind of got out of hand and it didn't need to. And I think men find it quite difficult to navigate. And I was I, I was listening to one of your podcasts last week where you had your husbands on, yeah. and they were saying, you know. Some guys are going, I don't know what I'm allowed to say, yes. what I'm not allowed to say. And yeah. so I'm just not saying anything. I'm not going to ally. And I'm not, I'm just just not championing. I'm not doing anything because I'm a bit nervous around it. And I'm like, you know what? It's just be, we're all adults. And if you put your foot in it, then, because I do it, you know, I actually went on site 
probably about three or four months ago and there was a lady on site and I didn't know and I said hello introduced myself and when I was recounting the story back to a friend at work and I said oh such and such on site and I said and the new admin was on she said there isn't an admin on there and I went such and such with the name she went no 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 she's the new planner <gasps> and I went oh my god that's my yeah. bias that yeah. pushes back I yeah, was mortified we both said when we did session with with the our two good men that you know the fact is that a lot of men are frightened of saying the wrong thing so are we we've both yeah. been trolled you know we've both been in trouble for saying things that weren't said from a mm -hmm. position of you know kind of like being nasty just yes. like, no. you know putting your foot in it you know so we're all in the same situation aren't we you know we're, we're all learning you know none of us have got that right perfectly and I yeah. think that you know when men realize that you know and, and get on board as an ally you know say look we we also are in the same position a lot of the time yeah um, i think a lot of, i think a lot of it's it oh sorry joe it's like i think it's got to be acknowledged in industries like yours nick that they've had these deep cultures for a long long time yeah. so you know the last i don't know the last however many years where it's getting better that's a really small portion of that time. So that culture's not going to shift overnight. Yeah. And equally, you know, where I'm seeing things like this move forward, where we're getting not just female and male energy, I know that's the context of our conversation, more balanced, but generally gender equity is where when people do fall back into those old cultural norms, because like you say, half the time, there's never any crappy intent. Yeah. It's just been part of the the banter that we've had round here is that it, it's always so much better when you don't jump on it like a, yeah. you yeah. know, to squish it down and have a go about it and, you know, be kind of... It's uh, humiliating, isn't it? Do it people, you know, it's about being kind and just, be, just raising people's awareness gently yeah. to say, you know what, can we change that, please? Because we don't want it to be like that moving forward. And most people then will go... Oh God, yeah, absolutely fine. Sorry, real. Let's just crack on like that. But I think in a lot of situations, people are coming down on other people like a ton of bricks when it's it's not the best way to create change. But is then it? there are also also there are situations where the ton of bricks is necessary yeah. when it's really you know when it's like a big yeah. deal. Yeah, let's not. I mean, we're talking about banter, and yeah. you know, like banter is very judgmental. You know what what somebody finds banter another person finds um offensive so the banter bit is the one that's that's a bit you know kind of subjective but but there is an still a lot of stuff going on that is absolutely pure discrimination agreed and, agreed you know absolutely mm -hmm. needs the ton of bricks yeah and, you know and, and what, whatever so you know there's must still be that stuff going on in your sector Absolutely, yeah, and I, you know, and, and it does happen, and it, and it, I know of two or three incidences, and they've come and talked to me about it, and I said, well, what, what did you do when it happened, and what, or what do you want to do, and I would say the majority, in, in the three cases I can think of the top of my head, they waited till the end, and then had a conversation with that individual at the end, and said, this is how you made me feel, and I have been in this, and I have got a degree, I've been 10 years in the da, 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 all of that kind of stuff. But you made me feel that big in there. And I just need you to know that it's not acceptable, but I'm not going to pick you up in front of people. And I don't yeah. want an apology. I just, please don't do it again. And just think about how your comments can make, make people feel. And that kind of sets the tone then of that person. If they do it again, 
in front to that person, that's when that person almost had permission then to go, right, in the meeting, hang on a minute, that's not good enough, you know. I think quite a lot of changes happening in the home. I think if I think of quite a lot of our leadership board, they've got all but daughters and their daughters and actually sons are going with comments, oh, no, you know, that's, you don't, you can't. And they and they will have a discussion at home around the kitchen table eating, you know, pie and peas at night, whatever. And they will have a chat with their daughters and sons who are probably 40, 15, 16, and saying, you know, that's you, that's not acceptable anymore, mum, dad, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I think they're having more discussions. And that's what I am picking up on a little bit of that. You know, somebody said the other day that, you know, their his daughters were picking up on stuff and they were having debates about what was acceptable or oh, not. Oh, that's amazing. How that's that brings joy to my yeah. and that's that change. Does. That is yeah. change, you yeah. know. Yeah. Now, whether that is, you know, he's might be he might be saying, well, it's going too far and they're being a bit too um bit too sensitive but at least they're having the debate about it yeah. having the debate yeah, yeah. That, that does bring joy to my heart because again teenagers are dealing with so much stuff mm. aren't they and the other way actually yeah you know and so if they if they're now sort of like talking to their parents about well oh, that's unacceptable to say and so on that's brilliant that is yeah brilliant. my kids do it to me all the time yeah <laughs> you can't say that mom. yeah all the time yeah, yeah. okay yeah. So, Nick, have you experienced stuff in the boardroom where, you know, you've been called too emotional or, you know, um, or, you know, it's it, that's inappropriate to bring, to bring, like, your personal life into work? You know, the things that, that women generally get, if you cry, oh, God, you, you know, you're way too vulnerable, that's, that's a weakness, all of those kind of things. Is that, have you ever experienced that? I've not had you are being emotional. I would say there have been comments of uh, it's an emotional subject or being emotive. Yeah. But when I was first made a director, I can remember someone, I'm not mentioning any names, and he was a a, a plus 60-year-old, very experienced at board levels. And we'd had a very difficult couple of meetings. Um, We were doing quite a lot of change management and I was in the room and... I would have been very vocal um, and I had an opinion on it. And I can remember leaving and he caught my hand. He was still sat down and he caught my hand as I was leaving the room and he wouldn't let me go. And I was stuck holding his hand and I went, oh, right, yes. And I looked down on him then and he was holding my hand and he went, you, young lady, are going to have to learn how to control your emotions in these situations. You are far too aggressive. And it wasn't, they were emotional meetings because it's about, it was a lot of change and, and it was difficult in the room and we were, it, we, I, I, without going all to this, and it was difficult and everybody found it difficult. It wasn't just me, yeah. everybody yeah. found it very difficult. We had a facilitator in there to make sure we all didn't lose yes. our heads over it all. And I remember looking at him being absolutely mortified and almost nearly heartbroken because I'm thinking, whoa, 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 hang on. I am no more angry, emotional, assertive, whatever it was. In that in that in that room than anybody else. Yet he chose me, and I was the only female, only woman in the room. And I just pulled my hand away, and I was just mortified. Nobody else had heard it, and I just thought, "Oh my god!" And I didn't know what to do, what to say. And I, in the end, I just ignored it as if it didn't happen. But I I could never really speak to that person on a on a one to one level again. But this particular person was very male very male and had a wife that didn't need to work and didn't have children mm. 
So was that a know, game changer for you? Was that a game changer? That just made me realise that actually he was wrong and I was right. I, it, it, yeah, it made me realise. I just knew straight away that actually he was well out of order. You know, it, there was no ambiguity in my head of, of, oh, maybe I have overstepped the mark or I have been too assertive or I have pushed myself on. Um, no, that's what I'm being paid for. You're, you're paying me a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. An opinion. yeah. And I'm going to share it. Yeah. You might not like it, but I'm going to share it. So um, it didn't put you back in your box then, which is oh, my feeling. No, like I, that's what was the idea. Yeah, yeah, I probably got out of my box, box, shut the lid and sat on the top. <laughs> you. Completely the opposite. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your, you, obviously you've been working really hard as a trailblazer in your organisation and you've man, managed to get another woman on the board. Yeah. And, and, and I, yeah. And, and we've, I was looking at it the other day to see where we were. We've, we've, you know, we're still only 19, 20% female, but we've got, there's uh, three female directors, probably another one coming on board quite soon. So there will be sort of four or five of us. That's amazing. You know? But yeah. they're not on one board. So uh, Katie and I sit on one board. So yeah. we're, we're about, um, I have done the percentages on it. We're about, uh, there were two out of seven. And then on Katie's board, there's going to be two over five. So it's making a difference because if you are the only female, it, you can't make that much change. But me and Katie now, we never sit next to each other. We never sit opposite each other. Because we our energy can go sideways, mm, very you know, strategic. and we support each other. Yeah, yeah. but well, it's that's also amazing. that's amazing. Yeah, and it's important for me to say to Katie, I'm not, I'm not sure I quite understand what you mean by that, and then give her the space to explain again. Because sometimes the way I and she maybe explains things, the men it doesn't land because it's maybe not their language. But mm. actually, if I think mm, I'm not sure that's landed because I can tell, explain it again. It lands better. Mm. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, actually, you're you're supporting her, aren't you? You're you're yeah. rather than the the men go. We don't know what you're on about, Katie. Mm. You are doing it from a supportive angle that kind of says, just just run that one more time with a few different words. You know, it's yeah. like a, it's like a secret message to each other, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But but I also you get to say like it that. twice. Then you get to say it twice. Yeah. So. <laughs> And I also think we, um, especially at management, senior management level and leadership level, where the influence is coming from, whether it's female or different, we are attracting and recruiting and retaining different types of people. And there has been a really big shift in the business to say, well, that is, he, he she may not be the norm for construction, but that is good for us. Yes. Yeah. Without actually mentioning names of people I'm thinking of, in case they you know listen, because I do post your podcasts in our Yammer posts at work, um, that we're getting more difference. Now, that can be difference, whether it's age, educational background is a huge yeah. difference for us. Yeah. You know, it's not the boys brigade or, you know, it's different people. And whether that's gender or not or ethnicity, if you get that difference, it makes a difference. Now, I don't know. And I have only been told by others that I make a difference on that board by my presence from a behavior point of view. Yeah. Because if I'm not there, we get that ego on top of ego on top of ego on top of ego. And it's less now because slightly our board has changed and we haven't got quite as many egos on that board. So that 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 that's got a difference. But by we have a, um, a PA and she is female. And 
they've always said when you're not in the room, they can be very naughty. <laughs> and I don't mind them being naughty. Yeah. And you know what? Me and Colin, you won't mind me for saying this, are the two people on the board that don't really do cricket or football. And for about 10 minutes at lunchtime, it's always the cricket and the football. And, uh, you know, I get all my football intel from them. And I go home and tell my husband, who's not in the remotest bit interested. And he goes, how do you know all this? Well, we've had a board meeting today and I got behind <laughs> Jen on football uh, or cricket. I know how many wickets they did or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, but in the same way, if, if it was a female board and there were two men on it, we'd have it. We because that's the majority, we'd have a different conversation, and it doesn't bother me. I don't feel left out by it whatsoever. Yeah. You can't change that. But I know a lot of women go, "Oh, well, they always go on about football." Well, I did stop them once in some management training, leadership training, when they were talking about football, and they all the analogies were to do with football. And after about three or four examples, and they were about football, I went. I'm really sorry, but you're, you're losing me here because I don't understand a 542. I don't know what you're talking about. So you're going to have to change your analogies because I don't get it. So you are leaving me out slightly here. Yes. So then I have to have this whole kind of explanation of what you were talking about. And I said, well, that, now I get it. Yeah, yeah. So, but just talk in normal language then. Just drop the, yeah. the football analogies. Yeah. So, yeah. so, Nate, we're coming to the end of our time. And, I, and I'd just like to ask you, because you are this trailblazer, and there'll be lots of women listening who are in male-coded environments yeah. um, who are, you know, working in, you know, sectors that are very similar to yours, might be slightly better, might be slightly worse. What would your kind of, what would, what do you think that they need to be doing to change the game? Because you're obviously making some big, big differences in here, from even from when we first met. Yeah. So what do you think are maybe the top three things that will make, will, will affect that change that you managed to do? Uh, you can only change from the inside. So don't leave and become a consultant and think you're going to change anything. Yeah. In a way. So if yeah. you want to change construction, change it from the inside. You have to have male allies. You have to be able to say to, to the men who, you know, they may make up the biggest numbers, um, you know, how can they support women in the business, whether it's mentoring, giving space. I think one thing that men find difficult is walking in a female's shoes to understand um, they, can only, they can only do for if they've got a mum or a sister or they've got a wife. A daughter. If, or a daughter from there. For, and, and if their wife is picking up everything from home, then they probably um, expect that everybody else is doing the same. So there's, I think there's quite a bit of assumption by men to say, oh, well, don't do that. Don't have that meeting at four o'clock because they might not be able to come to it. So they're assuming that they can't. You, you can't assume that. You can't assume that everybody is the same as you in that kind of, in that essence. So don't assume, find out, ask the question. Because we've moved quite a lot of management meetings so they don't start at ridiculous o'clock. But that's for the men as well because the men might want to drop off at school. It's not just the mums that have to always drop off at school. So don't assume and 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 for, and it's and it's our job as women in industry in leadership to help the men understand it but don't get angry and cross about it um and, and we had a women's group and um in some instances it went down like a bag of sick but we found our way with it you know don't know if i can say that but we're too late yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and um you know, we, we found our way with it. And it made a difference to a lot of those women that we supported with their journey, you know, with their um, development. And I guess third thing is, is you know, don't, 
overanalyze it and get overly precious about it, but be the role model in your own business for the other women that are coming through. I yeah, think be yeah. their voice. Yeah. You don't have to be, I don't really see myself as a trailblazer, but I do think that by the time I finished work, it would be nice to be able to say that I at least supported women in the construction industry to be who they are, to be them, not to somebody else. Yeah. And I, stay in you know, you'd like to say that you are a trailblazer, Nick. Yeah. Really, I <laughs> absolutely you are. Not just in your organisation, but in the sector. We need more Nicks. We yeah. need more Nicks. Sitting so, on top of the box, not in the box. It's on top of the box. Joe, do you want to just finish up? Be anything you want to ask, Nick? Oh, um, I've been cheeky and asked loads of things. Haven't yeah. I? But it's been wonderful to kind yeah. of get into your story and hear a little bit more. It's funny because um, my dad was in construction. He's retired now, but he was in construction. So I always saw that he, he came home. My dad was a chief buyer for many, many years in lots of different businesses. Um, so I got the vibe of construction yeah. in the 80s and the 90s. So actually, it's so lovely to hear it from a, a woman's perspective and a woman who is in a very senior leadership position. So it's been it's been absolutely fantastic to hear from you. So I want to say a bit. No, it's been great fun. Love the podcast. I think it's amazing. So thank you, ladies, for putting it on. It's been great. You're welcome. Well, we've got one more episode, everybody, in this series on female energy. So we'll be back with episode six um and we'll be talking a little bit about our you know triggers that might pull us back to old habits and um being able to kind of recognize our natural energy home so you can look forward to that ready for us to round this series off so once again nick thank you thank you uh, we'll see you all soon thanks nick bye now bye you have been listening to jane and jode on one Until next time, remember, sisterhood matters. Together, we are bold, brave, fierce and unstoppable.